hey, you know what to do, you're grown, you know what's right. 19, 16, I, don't, I never know exactly what those mean, but we're somewhere in that ballpark. It's one o'clock in the afternoon in Auburn, Alabama, and this place was lit. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 22 of the College Loop Podcast. We are back at it. Harrison Tarr, Daniel Locke, and we are joined today by Rivals.com, Auburn recruiting expert, Caleb Jones, also formerly known as Scoob. <laughs> if you hear him called Scoob throughout the, any any part of the show, we're referring to him. But yeah, how you doing, Caleb? Oh, man, I'm doing well. Uh, good to be back with the boys. Uh, Harrison and I and Scoob go way back. Uh, <laughs> Zoom calls. If you recall, but it's good to be on. Thanks for having me. Caleb's little innuendo there is I may or may not have called him Scoob in a press conference on, on via Zoom one or, once or twice or a bunch. Uh, and uh, Caleb, I'm <coughs> excuse me, thrilled to have you on. Um, coming up through the ranks in J School together was nothing short of a privilege. So I'm excited to be able to talk some ball with you again. Let's do it. Let's uh, let's hop right into basketball, Dylan. Yep. Uh, if you're if you're aware, most Auburn fans are aware that Auburn did in fact lose Texas A and M, and you can catch a a nice little review right afterwards on the Auburn Daily Show where me and Harrison Tarr talked about the loss in length. But I think it's worth mentioning on the College Loop, Auburn did in fact lose 83-78 to 78 in an absolute heartbreaker of a game strictly because nothing – Auburn played decent. Auburn played really well, and just nothing went right at the same time. Yeah, Dill, I really thought Auburn played well enough uh, to win this game. And you and I mentioned it as, as you as you hinted at a second ago on, on the, the Auburn Daily Show on Wednesday. Um, and it's funny because I we recorded this Wednesday and we recorded that on Tuesday. So it feels like we're living in a simulation because we are. Um, <laughs> but like like you and I mentioned uh, on the Auburn Daily Show, this is it's one of those head scratchers where it's, you, you, there's a lot of things you can chalk it up to. Um, the charity stripe was was a problem. Obviously, you can't leave free points just laying there at the at the free throw line. Uh I thought that Auburn did a decent job uh, limiting uh, limiting the AM guards, specifically Boots Radford. Uh, but but ultimately, you get into late game situations and you put the ball in the hand of Wendell Green Jr., um, which is what you want to do. Um, that that's he's your go to guy in those situations. Him and Janai Broom, uh, and and you make that decision to pull that deep three when you're only down two, outside of the 30 seconds with the remaining in the game. But it's there's so many different layers to this, right? Uh, we, we talked about on, on the, on the Auburn Daily show about the, the officiating and I never want to be the person that sits there and goes, the officiating, you lost, you lost Auburn the game or lost my favorite team, the game X, Y, Z. I'm not that person, but I certainly think that there's an argument to be made that there is, uh, there were some points that were taken away from Auburn and some opportunities taken away from Auburn, specifically that soft technical foul given to Alan Flanagan that I, I guess he blew a kiss at the A&M bench. I, they must have had a much better angle than ESPN did in real life because I certainly didn't understand it. It's it's a it's a game you needed to win and you didn't. And uh, you and I mentioned this uh, this could be tough tough sludging uh, or I guess uh, yeah tough sludging going down the stretch for Auburn. Daniel Locke, I want to ask you real quick. You know A and I don't want to beat that horse to death. It's a couple days away now. Now this, this show comes out on Thursday. Let's talk Alabama. Let's talk uh, Auburn Alabama um, on the plains. College game days there and and Caleb. Whenever you want to chime in, feel free. Uh, I've, one of my favorite memories of us in school was uh, college game day for our sophomore year, uh, pre-COVID. Uh, that was uh, watching Caleb Jones run around wearing a basketball net bucket hat was the peak of my existence. And uh, But Daniel, I want to talk to you real quick. It's not a must win, but if you're not going to get swept by Alabama, you have to win on Saturday, right? For sure. Um, just the pattern we've seen with this Auburn team is that playing on the road is just – 
not it just doesn't happen for whatever reason. So you're not going to go to, or I'm not going to say never, but you're most likely not going to go to Coleman Coliseum on March 1st and come away with a win. So you've got to find a way to win this one in the jungle on Saturday. I fully expect the Auburn family and the Auburn student body to show out per usual. Um, I have noticed that the prices of tickets have gone down about $60 after last night's game. So hopefully that just makes it a little easier for more people to come. So, sure. yeah. And, 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 and Dylan, let's, 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 let's go ahead and address the elephant in the room when it, when it comes to an analytical breakdown, uh, Daniel, thank you for, for the, for the preview in terms of atmosphere wise and, and importance for this long-term. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to talk here. Alabama's got a guy who plays forward. He's pretty good at basketball. Don't know if y'all have heard of Brandon Miller. No, never. You, you, you don't stop him. How do you slow him down? I, I don't know if the Fowler team can. <laughs> There's, I don't think we have a body on the court at any given time who can. <clears throat> I think you're basically just hoping you can keep up with him is what you're wanting. I don't. You try to slow him down. But you got to rely on Wendell Green. You got to rely on Janai Broom. You got to rely on Alan Flanagan, Katie Johnson. Those guys have to show out scoring wise. And I mean, we saw the past week, uh, Janai Broom and Wendell Green both put up 18 plus. Uh, Wendell Green put up 20, and Auburn still lost. And I think you're going to need more double digit performances from all these other players on this on the Auburn team to even get close to Alabama right now. And you bring up the sure. atmosphere. The atmosphere is going to be wild because we're expecting Pearlville levels of craziness. I mean, I can already smell the student section two, oh. day, two days away from now. Because oh. I know those guys, those kids are going to be out there for 13-plus hours camping out. And I don't know what the temperature is, but hopefully it's not freezing for their sake because we've been there. We know <laughs> we've done who, that. We've done that. So hopefully they're not going to be freezing. But I know what it's like to be sleep-deprived, standing up for a basketball game and i mean you if the the building will be brought down if auburn wins uh, dylan i'm only a little disappointed in your answer because you had the opportunity to quote pitbull and say believe me been there done that and you didn't but it's all right uh <laughs> <laughs> hey well I, I know that you're you're up to your eyeballs in football recruiting and, and we are certainly going to pick your brain here in a little while about that but let's look at the big picture here uh jacob goins of espn 106.7 you're familiar uh on, on the line he was on the show last week and and, and brought up a, a really good point um, about Auburn's recent stumble on their losers of four of their last five. How how important is it for the Auburn fan base uh, to keep in mind that you're not going to make the Final Four every year? That's it just just doesn't happen. Uh, you're not going to win the SEC every year. It's a competitive league, and and to keep in the forefront that sometimes you swing and miss on guys. I mean, we expected Chance Western and Johan Treor to be much more involved than they are now, and they just kind of haven't been there. Uh, so how important is it that Auburn Auburn fans and the Auburn faithful will keep in mind, listen, if this is a rebuild year, Bruce Pearl's doing pretty well. I mean, I think you look at last year's roster and you look at this year's roster. I mean, they lost two NBA players and Walker Kessler and Jabari Smith Jr. So obviously sure. this team's not going to look look the part, look the same part that last year's team did at this point into the season. And even though last year's team didn't go deep in the NCAA tournament, I think there was this this feeling that they should have gone. I feel like last year's team kind of didn't necessarily succeed in meeting its expectations, and I don't think sure. this year's team is meeting its expectations either because I think the bar has been set really high. 
when you look at what Bruce Pearl has taken Auburn basketball and what he's what he's put it now. You know, the bar is now set really high to where ever since Auburn fans got that taste of a Final Four, that's where they want to go every year. Naturally, as as basketball fans, they should. But this team right now, they're not playing like a Final Four caliber team. They've got some things that they need to work on. They've got some things they need to fix. Uh, but, I mean, you look at the 2019 team, this point in the season, they didn't look like a Final Four team either. March is crazy no matter what. At this point, Auburn's goal should just be to get to the tournament in a good seed uh, as, as best as they can, handle each game one at a time, and go from there. I think you bring up a good point, Scoob. I, 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 I'll just go ahead and hit the retweet button on everything you just said. I think you hit the nail on the head. Uh, I, there's, there's an expectation, and Daniel, you talked about this a little bit uh, earlier in the week about how the ceiling, the, the, the floor rather, is just so high now. Uh, and, and, and Auburn fans, I do think it's important you take a step back and go, "Wow, this is pretty cool." Considering right before this, you were living through the Tony Barbie fair era, and that was not cool. Um, and, and, and also, I, I want, I want to keep in mind that. It's not always the best team. Typically, it's not the best team that wins the national championship and March Madness. It's the hottest team. And I am a firm believer in this. I told, I think I told Dylan that you last year when we were watching Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler do the things that Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler did. I looked at you and said, dude, this this year's team would have beaten the crap out of that 2019 team in the regular season. I still stand by that. But that 2019 team got hot at the right time. They were they were a three and D live, live and die by the three teams. So that kind of helps you in, in the tournament too, right? But still. The, that, when you're living when you're living by the three not so much dying dying is you die hard but yeah. uh, uh i guess uh, daniel i'm sorry to mean to drift away for a second here but i'm, I'm gonna rope it back to you and, and kind of let you just kind of talk for a second about the importance of if there's a couple of guys on this team that can get hot this could course correct right sure um <clears throat> yeah i'm not exactly sure what that looks like um or who you're really turning to um Maybe KD, like maybe KD Johnson will just start playing lights out hoops again, like he was in January of last year. Um, maybe Wendell Green will look like he did in December of 2021. Um, maybe that amazing clamp down defensive point guard that was Zep Jasper last season will find his footing. Maybe uh, Jalen Williams will hit more of these three pointers. I don't really know where it'll come from, but there are. The avenues there, I guess, is a way to put that. Sure. That could lead to that for sure. I completely agree. In my opinion, uh, Scoob, is that if, if you can get to the dance, that's all that, that's all that matters. If, if you're in the dance, you have a shot, right? Everybody does. Look at St. Peter's last year. Uh, let's let's pivot real quick. Caleb, every time, uh, every 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 show, when we're looking forward at a men's basketball game, uh, we always give a give a player to watch. I'll go ahead and lead off, and then I'll we'll go around the horn. If you would like, you'd like to hop in, Scoob, you're more than welcome to. Um, if you want to um, hit pass, hit retweet, that's completely fine, too. It's not going to hurt my feelings one, one bit. I'm going to go and start and just go and say this has got to be the Jalen Williams game when you're looking at the matchup-wise uh, with Brandon Miller. And I'm, I'm sorry, hey, Dylan, it's okay to have the same answer. I'm not going to hurt my feelings. I think that that's going to be a pretty general consensus here, uh, that if Jalen Williams can play a solid defensive game and play one of his better, if not best, offensive production-wise games of the year – Auburn's got a shot. And I said that. And, and you can and you can quote me on that. That's okay. Uh there's no team that comes into the jungle and gets a game for free. That's just it it really is one of the better home court advantages in basketball. Um and I I think that if, if you can get a J. Will going, good things happen. Dylan, what are your thoughts? Well, when you look at Brandon Williams, who's averaging 18 and 8, he he plays a three, but he's the size of a five. 
Right. And you look at the Auburn, you look at Auburn's roster, and who's going to be the poor soul that's going to have to guard him? And that is Jalen Williams. And Janai. And Janai, yes. But Brandon Williams is not your typical big. He is not going to be under the basket the entire game. He is going to be behind that three-point line. And, I mean, still still a quote from you, not to, to call a spade a spade, Janai Broom is not a perimeter defender. Sure. And you're going to have to trust Jay Will. And, I mean, under better circumstances, you – I really wish that Johan Treyor had worked out. I know the entire Auburn fan base does because I know that Johan at his full potential would have Jury been is still a, out. Jury's still out. It, yes, it is. But I <laughs> but based on last game's performance from him, I, I'm very lackluster to believe that he will be able to uh stop Brandon Williams. Sure. So a J Will is mine and I think it's Johan's like an honorable mention because I think once I think he's gonna get more meaningful minutes to kind of help Jay will get or at least slow down Brandon Williams. We cannot emphasize how good Brandon Williams is enough. No, I, I couldn't agree more. It's the Alabama version of Jabari Smith Jr. I mean, yeah, but, but, but in five frame anyway, so let's, uh, let's go, Daniel. Let's, let's hear your thoughts. My honorable mention probably be Chris Moore, by the way, uh, carry on. Go ahead, Daniel. Um, I like the answer of Jalen. I definitely think that, um, he'll start the game on Brandon Miller. Um, that is who you're talking about. Dylan, right? Brandon Miller. Did I say Brandon yeah. Williams? Yes. I meant Brandon <laughs> Miller. Okay. Just making sure um, that I wasn't talking about the wrong guy here. And Alabama didn't have a guy I was unaware of. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, th- I think Jay Will definitely starts the game on Brandon Miller. But I feel like Bruce Pearl is going to learn from the past couple of games. Because in the Tennessee game, to his credit, like a lot of people will criticize Bruce Pearl for not adjusting which kind of just goes hand-in-hand with Auburn sports. But I feel like, at least from my perspective in the Tennessee game, is he tried different things. He tried different people on the floor and in different spots. I think he did that more in the A&M game. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not taking away. I, yeah. I'm not, but, but, not to cut you off, that Trey Donaldson and Wendell Green Jr. set, I love it, by the way. I do too. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. Uh, but carry on. I, I, I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, you're good. So I feel like if – you know, Jay Will is on Brandon Miller, and it's just not working. Bruce Pearl's going to go somewhere else. And I honestly think the next place he might go is Yohan. Just kind of see what happens. Um, Janai would also be in that conversation. Um, I think it would have to be Johan. Yeah. I mean, like we've said, Zep can play great defense. I don't think he's the guy for that. He doesn't have the size. <laughs> Def- yeah, definitely not. Um, but, yeah, th- that's kind of where I'm at with that. I'm I'm with you, Caleb. Do you want to take a little stab at it, or would you like to for us to get the women's hoops? I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on this one just because I don't feel like I have correct information or information well known enough. Uh, for me, I haven't watched that much basketball, men's wise. Hey, dude, I, educated uh, decision. So I'm gonna pass. I, Hey, no disrespect here. Like I like like I said, we brought you on because we want to talk recruiting with Caleb here in a little bit. Uh, and it, it's always a pleasure to chat with you too. Don't get me wrong. And if you want to talk about a nasty defender, uh, Bruce Pearl, go get get Caleb Jones. He's the most annoying defender I've ever had play pickup with me in my entire life. He he will pick <laughs> your pocket if you try to turn and look to see where your guy's at. Anyway, so let's uh, let's let's pivot over to women's basketball, and 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 we'll start with you, Mister Mister uh, Mister Jones. Uh, Auburn women's hoops got a challenge. This show comes out Thursday morning. Uh, this is Thursday night. Uh, so as the show uh, this evening, number one, South Carolina is coming to town and uh, the last matchup, they got double down plus uh, in, in Columbia, which is like the story of anyone that goes to Columbia. 
barring maybe LSU. <laughs> but curious to get your thoughts on this preview. And 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 Daniel, this is this the floor is yours to to, to talk to Caleb after he gives his initial thoughts. Uh, you know that you're a women's hoops guy. So uh, going to go ahead and open that conversation up and uh, see your thoughts on uh, what Auburn's outlook should be here, Caleb. No disrespect to the Auburn University women's <laughs> basketball team, but South Carolina is the number one team in the country for a reason. They are some of the most talented. They are the most talented team in the country. They will cause a problem for everybody that they face. That includes every team in the SEC, which we all know is one of the toughest, if not the toughest, conference to play in. It is. You could play your best basketball if you're Auburn. You could play your best basketball, and you could still lose by 20. So uh, I I really don't think Auburn has much of a shot against South Carolina. I just I just don't see anything like that happening. I'm sorry but to disappoint, but I think I think reality is South Carolina walks into Neville Arena and takes care of business. Maybe not in a sim, maybe not in the fashion that they did so in Columbia a couple weeks ago. I think Auburn has kind of found its footing in recent weeks, so maybe they they stick around. But I don't th- I don't see Auburn keeping it within 25. Now, Daniel, this is an opportunity, though. I'm, I, I, Caleb, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not I- ignoring you. I'm, I'm posing a question to Daniel, so you guys can open a discussion here. I'm, re- I'm ready to hear you guys kind of banter a little bit, um, and I'll, I'll try to keep my mouth shut, which is uh, difficulty level impossible. But uh, this is an opportunity for Auburn to get better, not not in terms of just oh, we're playing a tough team. This seems to play the best basketball we've seen of them this season, really, uh, over the past you know, four or five games, four games. And uh, sure, they they dropped the Arkansas game. I, I thought that they. They showed a lot of fight in that second half, and they did about everything they could uh, and until and the end uh, and a heartbreaker. Daniel, how do you take this as an opportunity? You, obviously, you try to win every game, but you take this as an opportunity to say, hey, this is the toughest our, our schedule gets. Here's how we can get better down the stretch. Sure. So kind of where you start and kind of how like I view this is you've just got to like learn what will work and learn what won't work. Like you said, this is the best team you're going to play. You've already played them once um on the road so you get to play them at home this is an opportunity to try new things because if it works in south carolina it'll work against anyone if it doesn't work against south carolina it still has potential to work against other people which you know i don't think many people would take auburn in this game so it's not really a heartbreaker if you lose so why not get creative you know why not make some interesting decisions if you're Coach Jay that in a normal circumstance a lot of people wouldn't probably agree with? Just try new things, um, throw everything at the wall, see what sticks, and, yeah, just hope you can just learn, like you said. Just get some things that you can take with you down the rest of the season. Get a little hot going into the SEC tournament and see what happens in Greenville. I love that outlook. I really do. I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be completely honest. I'm gonna disagree with that uh, because I think Auburn's been playing their best basketball over the last four games, and I think they need to just keep doing what they're doing because it's been working. I don't think just because it is big bad South Carolina, I don't think you necessarily change or, or you know try something new because it is South Carolina. I think you 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 work on your fundamentals, especially or what you've been doing because. This is going to be a tough test, right? We've established this is going to be your toughest test. So if you can get what you're working on down and you can test it against the toughest opponent, 
the rest of the schedule, you look at the rest of the schedule that the women's team has, they've already faced their their tougher part of the schedule. This is pretty much that last game other than maybe a game or two down the road where Auburn really doesn't look like they have a shot at winning the game. So I, in my opinion, I think you keep doing what you've been doing. Now, there are certainly some things that you take away from the last four games, especially this Arkansas game. Auburn should have won that Arkansas game. If they were able to make free throws, make better decisions down the stretch, that, that's a game they should have won. They just didn't, you know? So I think you take what you have been doing and you just keep working on it and keep fine tuning it because the rest of the season, it's like, it's, it, I will agree with what Daniel said. Like you got to get hot heading into the sec tournament. This team has a chance to do something it hasn't done in years. And that is get out of day one of the tournament, not be playing on day one to get, get to that second area. Wow. Uh, Dylan, I'm, I, I just listened to the to the most heated debate over women's hoops that I've heard in a while. And I see I, I really do. And I mean this respectfully to both of you guys. I see both sides to this. I see both sides of this argument. I I, I think that no, maybe, yeah, I definitely there are definitely sides to Daniel's argument that I agree with too, but that, I, think that, <laughs> I think that I would I would be somewhere in that middle middle ground where I, you plug I, in you, you work on what you're good at and you and you plug in some new stuff. That hey, if if it if it works against or even shows like it could work against the, the best talent in the country, let's try this in, in other situations down the road. I think it works both ways. So, uh, Scoop, thank you for 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 your insight. I really do appreciate uh, your your continued coverage. Uh, I strive to be as good as you are um, at this at this kind of thing uh, on women's hoops on, on a daily basis. And 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 Auburn women's basketball in their community certainly appreciates it. And you're a stranger to that. Uh, now, Dylan, let's get you involved in the conversation here. Um, let's talk Olympic all-around gold medalist versus TikTok star um, on the mat. So this this weekend uh, on the Plains, Auburn's going to be playing host to LSU in front of, in front of a sold-out crowd in gymnastics. So that'll be tomorrow night. Since the show comes out Thursday, once again, at 7.30. And, uh, I mean, obviously, reigning SEC Gymnast of the Week, which should just be named the uh, – SUNY Shall the SEC Gymnast, uh, Gymnast of the Week Award at this point <laughs> uh, is, is like I said, SUNY Lee. Dylan, big opportunity for Auburn to go toe-to-toe. And, and we talked about, you know, Daniel brought up a good point. You know, it's it's an individual competition and a team competition. And also you can't control, you can't play defense. There's a lot of levels here. But a very good opportunity for Auburn to square off with the team that they're probably going to see again beyond SECs. You're not lying. And if you look at last season, uh, L- we went to LSU and did in fact lose, but that could have been because of some stereo issues that happened. I don't want to. I don't want to throw any controversy out there, but that could have been what happened. That's taxes and Dylan trying to throw shade at any road Auburn event. Load it. Put hey, it on Twitter. I will. Don't don't tempt me. So yeah, a sold out crowd. Though from tonight, as this comes out till Saturday, is the one of the best slates of Auburn games matches things we have because we go we start tonight with number one south carolina coming into town and i mean i don't want to say anything but last time a uh a number four teams tennessee came into town auburn auburn shocked the world okay that's apples to oranges but go on (laughs) let let me let me have some faith let them cook friday we take on i believe their top they're top 25. I know that, but I don't know where exactly they rank in LSU. I want to say 17, but that might be wrong. I'll take it. It's a top 25 matchup at bare minimum. And, I mean, Livy's not going to be competing. She's 
suffered some kind of injury in her leg. I can't, I don't really know which one it was, but she's only going to be doing vault, I believe, which is kind of weird because bars. Yeah. Which is kind of weird because you're still going to be landing on your injured leg unless she's going to do a, a crane stand whenever she lands. And then Saturday, of course, you go into basketball against number one, number number three, Alabama, and then softball, which is coming up. But yeah, just an all-around great uh, slate of matches, meets, games for the Tigers. But this crowd is going to be electric for be awesome. gymnastics, especially because yeah, Livy does coming into town, so all the <laughs> all the frat boys are going to be well represented in the in the stands. <laughs> Dude, I looked. That this meet has been sold out for months. Oh, yeah, it was one of the first ones to sell out on the site. Yeah, it's that, crazy. But. It is crazy what TikTok can do too. Good night. And, you, and Dylan, you just I'm, I'm gonna keep moving. You, you you foreshadowed a little bit there about softball. Very big opening weekend. Um, and, and Auburn's gonna get to play some talent that's going to get them knocked around a little bit in the early going, which Mickey Dean's always been a big proponent of in, in early season tournaments until you host the Tiger and Plainsman Invitational. Those are usually cupcakes where you do pretty well. That's neither here nor there. But heading down to Clearwater, Florida for the National Fast Pitch Coaches Association leadoff classic, uh, Auburn's going to get to play the likes of St. John's, Fordham, uh, Pitt, Indiana, Illinois. These aren't cupcake games, guys. And and I'm not I'm not saying I'm worried about that at all. Auburn fans shouldn't be stressed. I think this team is very, very good this year. Uh, I, I think Auburn should host a regional this year personally but uh scoop how excited are you to to be able to watch uh one college softball's back so god we we made it thank thank goodness uh how excited are you for this team or how excited should auburn fans be rather uh, for for this team that was very young last year and and brings back someone the likes of you know brie ellis and and, and michaela packer and denver bryant this seems loaded man yeah last year's team they had a lot of good offensive players a lot of them young but one one area in which the team struggled was pitching. Now you had Maddie Penta, you had Shelby Lowe, but Shelby Lowe kind of struggled with some injuries kind of down the stretch. And then your 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 rotation was not as strong as maybe you anticipated it being last season. And now you've got some new pitchers coming in, some young freshmen who are really talented. So this year's team is gonna have very similar lineups up and down and and very similar. Uh, defenses to last year's team you're but you're where you get stronger is going to be in the circle and I think that's that's what can elevate this team from last year's team is is in the circle I, I couldn't agree more Caleb and, and, and Daniel I want to give you the opportunity to talk here what do you think and we can go around the, the the horn real quick on this what is the ceiling for for Auburn softball this year because guys I th- I think it's pretty high um I think the ceiling's Oklahoma City okay um you definitely have like pieces. Um, obviously, the SEC is hard, so the floor could be, you know, not hosting a regional. But it's a big window. I feel like I feel like this team makes the tournament, the NCAA tournament. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't think there's much of a question. It'd be we're in panic mode if that doesn't happen. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, just. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Well, let's see what uh, Mickey Dean can do. Caleb, where's your floor? Where's your ceiling? I think your floor has got to be, I guess, the, the regionals. You know, you, if you don't make the NCAA tournament, that's your floor. But this team's going to make the tournament. I I think that is just something that's going to happen. I don't. I think it's it's inevitable that this team will make the tournament. I think the floor for this team is not advancing in the tournament. 
I, I think that's something that they they could have gone a little further last year. They had some some things that didn't quite work out that way. But I think your ceiling, I, I think Daniel's very similar. I think Daniel's right. Where you look at this season and you you see who you've got on the roster, and I think your ceiling, you look, hey, this is a team that can make the College World Series that's capable of doing so. It's going to be very challenging for this team. So I think Super Regionals would be, I think that's a win. I don't think if they fall short of the College World Series, I don't think you look at this season as sure loss, obviously. But I, I do think this team's ceiling could be the College World Series, but I think realistically you're looking at maybe a Super Regional. I, I I love that take. I really do. Uh, Dylan, I'm going to get your, your your floor and ceiling real quick. I'm going to give mine, and then we're getting we're inching closer and closer, folks. You only have to hold on to the edge of your seats for a little bit longer till we get uh, Cruton with Scoob. So uh, ceiling and floor real quick, Dylan, and then I'll give mine. We'll, we'll, we'll keep rolling. What do you think? Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm just going to – I guess I'm just going to retweet. I think, yeah, regionals is the floor, and ceiling, I mean, Brie Ellis is her. So Oh, yeah. No, Oklahoma sure. City, baby. I I agree. I couldn't agree more. My floor is a little bit higher, guys. I think your floor is hosting regional. Uh, I I I know that that's uh, that's a little hosting is a, is a big deal. I I know that's ambitious. This team, barring a couple of things that could have gone a little bit differently down the stretch in, in, in 2022, I think this team was on this on track or that team was on track to host a regional. And uh, I think that if if you if it's not a failure if you don't, as long as you make it. But uh, I think that if you if 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 everything goes at least on average, the way we, we expected to, I think that hosting a regional is probably the floor and your ceiling. I mean, sky's the limit. This team has got the pieces that if they get it, get hot at the right time, I mean, that's half the battle, right? The talent's there. And I, I, this team could compete like, like you said, in Oklahoma city. So uh, Auburn baseball, we, we, we talked softball. I'm just going to preview a little bit. Auburn baseball is going to be back in action next week. So we'll be having hopefully Lindsay Crosby on the show next week of auburndaily.com to talk some Auburn baseball and Dylan, I'm about ready to talk a little Cruton with Caleb. Do you want to make a podcast? Well, Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily and distribute it everywhere and even earn money as well. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and literally everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it is totally free with no catch. Ever since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, it's been so easy to get the show out to y'all. And I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to Spotify.com slash podcasters to get started. All right. Well, finally, to get right into football, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna let I'm gonna let Caleb take the reins on this one. I'm giving up my my football reins to Caleb for once. That's for big this, of you for the show. Yep, Caleb, this uh, tell us about the croups. Well, what do you what do you want to know? Hey, you're the croup man. Come on. Hey, I've got a I've got a couple. Can I ask a couple questions of Caleb? Is that allowed? Yes, please. Somebody lead me with something. <laughs> All right, let's let, let's start. Let's look at the twenty fours, twenty threes. We we beat that horse to death. I'm going to be honest with you, with you Caleb, and, and it's done. Uh, pretty much signed, sealed, delivered, right? And uh, let, let, let's talk about the importance of twenty fours. And and I, I kind of want to want to start with you. Your outlook for how how important of not of, of a class this is going to be, not just for Auburn, but for Hugh Freeze and his staff's tenure at Auburn, um, and how this can kind of set the tone. And I've got more specific questions going down, but I wanted to start with this overarching question. 
Yeah, I mean, this is the groundwork for Hugh Freeze at Auburn. This is the first class where he's going to get a chance to essentially start fresh. So he's not coming in with less than a month to go until early signing day to try and salvage what he can. I mean, this is the this is the first class at Auburn that Hugh Freeze is going to have an actual chance to uh, to start from the beginning and, and start and looking at, you know, who he wants to bring into Auburn and, and really go after these guys for months rather than just a couple of weeks. Um, so that's really important for him. And, and it's really important because Auburn hasn't really had great classes over the last couple of years. Uh, so this is a chance for Auburn to really turn around. And I think so far through the three commit through three commitments we've seen, I think they're headed in the right direction. I I think you're you're absolutely right. I wanted to pick your brain a little bit, and Dylan, I didn't have this one written down. And Daniel, if you've got questions for for Caleb about Cruton, this is Cruton with Caleb. So take advantage of this opportunity. This is our guy right here. This is the guy I kind of come to uh, for all of my recruiting information because he's really good at what he does. Um, Caleb, I, I wanted I wanted to talk for a minute here about we we know about what Hugh Freeze did when he got here, and, and we know about the Zach Etheridge's of the world, the Trevon Reeds, the Cadillac Williams. And it can if, if your answer is one of these guys, this is fine. But my question here is, who have you been the most impressed with on the recruiting trail in, in terms of this coaching staff? Um, and it could be a new guy. It could be someone that's been here. A Cadillac's a completely fine answer. Um, but who, who's going to be important in this 24 class, in your opinion, if you had to single one guy out? Um, if you can only, I guess, send one guy on the road in a hypothetical, right? Um, who have you been most impressed with to this point? That's a good question. I think there are multiple ways you could go with this answer. I mean, if you look at, the 23 class, it's easily somebody like Zach Etheridge or, or Cadillac, uh, somebody who was here throughout the transition and and still was able to sell some of these kids on the vision for Auburn. Um, for some of them, knowing that they don't know who the head coach was going to be. And uh, Zach Etheridge and, and Cadillac and Trevon Reed and all the recruiting staff did a really good job through that transition of trying to, to persuade kids that, hey, everything's going to be all right. But if you look at this new staff since they arrived, and I think this one really sticks out, um, I think it's got to be somebody like Jake Thornton, the offensive line coach who went out and with the help of, you know, Hugh Freeze and, and some other guys like Joe Bernardi and, and Kendall Simmons. I mean, they got eight offensive linemen uh, through the transfer portal, JUCO, uh, high school. I believe it was eight. It could be more. But I mean, they signed that. That's how that's how incredible it was. Is I don't even remember how many offensive linemen they signed because they signed so many uh, in the twenty three class, which was such a huge need for Auburn. And so the fact that this new staff recognizes that hey, Auburn needs offensive line, and they say we're going to go and get them, and then they go and get them. I mean that that's just that's huge for Auburn. Auburn really needed uh, somebody that could recruit uh, offensive line. And to see Jake Thornton come over from Ole Miss, uh, held the position and did fairly well at Ole Miss, decided that Auburn might be the better fit for him and for him to transition over to Auburn and still see and still continue that success. I mean, I think that's that's absolutely massive uh, for Auburn in terms of getting guys uh, in positions of need. Now, Dylan, I've got I've got one more question for Caleb, and I'm I'm going to let you open it up because I know you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, a young man uh, named Walker White, who who uh, Caleb has coined a a, a fantastic uh, nickname for his his most wanted list, uh, and, and and we're going to get there. You, you're not going to get out of here without talking about Walker's Walker's most wanted. I'm sorry, Scoob. I figured, uh, <laughs> but 
from what you've talked to and, and, and full disclosure, I'm not, I'm not entirely oriented with, with how much you you've really been in contact with the 24 class. I'm sure way more than I give you credit for, because I always undersell you because you're so damn good at your job. Uh, what are, what are kids most impressed with, with this new staff and, and, and what they bring to the table at, at, at Auburn? I mean, you pair it with a, with a school that should already have a pretty high floor, right. Um, for, for, for recruiting. What are, what are kids most getting sold on the most? Um, I, I assume that playing time's got to have something to do with it. But about Hugh Freeze's staff and their vision, I think it goes back to just relationships in general, you know, and the and the way that the coaching staff has reached out and and hit the road uh, during January. Of course, right now it's February; they're in a dead period right now, so they're not allowed uh, coaching staff. They're not allowed to actually uh, meet in person. They're still allowed to text and call, um, but it goes back to relationships, you know, and and building those strong foundations. Uh, and recruiting, that's that's how it works. That's how this thing works is based off of how do you feel when a, when a certain coach walks into your living room or, or visits with you. And I think relationships are huge with Hugh Freeze, obviously. That's his, that's his strong point. That's his selling point. And I think you see that uh, already. You look at January. You look at specifically January 28th. That was when Auburn hosted its junior day. Massive massive group of kids came to campus just because of that relationship that the coaching staff had started to build by visiting all of these schools and, and visiting all these recruits and inviting them to campus. There was, there's not been a junior day uh, quite like the one that we saw in January in quite some time, just as far as the attendance and, and how many kids there were legitimately 10 uh, transit buses full of recruits and their families so I think it just go all goes back to relationships and and the way that this staff has been able to, you know, build those relationships not only in the state of Alabama but in Georgia and Florida and in the DMV area everywhere. Uh, so I th- I think it's it's really important uh, the, the relationships that they've built. Dylan, uh, you, the floor is yours uh, for 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 further questions for for Scoop because I've got a couple more but I don't want to I don't want to hog uh, and I don't want to take up too much of uh, of your time. So do you have anything you 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 wanted to pre- pressingly ask uh, maybe maybe before we get to 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 Walker White? Yeah, so Caleb, I just wanted to pick your brain on how important is it that Hugh Freeze is putting winning the state of Alabama first? Yeah. Auburn Auburn has not been a t- has not been a school that is ranked even second or third in the state of Alabama in terms of recruiting those big name guys from the state, even like 45 minutes down the road, Georgia, Florida state, Florida are all schools that comes to mind. So just tell us how important that is. Well, the game of recruiting has changed over the last, you know, 10 or 15 years in general, it used to be, you know, if you are in Alabama, you're either going to Tuscaloosa or you're going to Auburn. Uh, Now you don't see that so much. You do see uh, in-state kids getting plucked by, you know, out of state schools and Auburn likes to do that too. The Auburn likes to go to Georgia. They like to go to Florida. And so it's not uncommon to see kids, you know, pulled away from their home state, uh, especially in this day and age of NIL and and some other things. But I mean, it, there's so many there's that's such a selling point uh, if you're Auburn of, you know, hey, come play in the SEC, come play in your home state, come play close to home, especially for a lot of your Montgomery based kids. Uh, or somebody like Keldrick Falk, who was from Highland Home, Alabama, just an hour and a half, hour 45 uh, down the road, who was previously committed to 
Florida State before actually signing with Auburn during early signing day. Um, so, I mean, it, it, anybody in South Alabama, anybody in Central Alabama, these are all kids that Auburn has the ability to go and get and pursue. Um, but it, again, with the, everything in recruiting, it's up to these kids, man. And it's it's very tough decision. I mean, I can remember when I was making my decision as to where I just wanted to go to school, right? For these sure. kids, it's a lot more than that. It's where do they want to go to school? Where do, who do they want to be coached by? What do they, you know, what is the program offering for them? And so it's a lot more complex and it's a tough decision uh, for anybody who's that age. But uh, winning those in-state battles is huge. Uh, and you look and Auburn's already kind of got some uh, one. Uh, they're they're not done winning battles and they're they're ready they're ready to go i love so, it caleb um last week alvin got a commitment from a four-star quarterback walker white and he has been taking it upon himself to try to bring some other recruits with him to the plains so what's the value of having a guy who's just like already shown how bought in he is and trying to bring other of his peers with him and um just like what does that mean if you're Hugh Freeze, you gotta love that. I mean, <laughs> you got you gotta love the fact that you know he pulls the Auburn hat, uh, the Auburn hat from under the table. Uh, you gotta be psyched about that. And then for him to go on and call out specific people, fourteen names, uh, that he wants to come to Auburn, it shows that he's already bought in. It's like you, yes, yeah, it's, it's like you said. It shows that he's bought into Hugh Freeze and that he wants to play for Auburn. And he doesn't want to do it alone. He wants to bring the best guys with him that he can. Uh, so, I mean, anytime you get a guy who the second they commit to a program, they're already uh, on their ground running, getting other guys and, and tweeting at all these these folks and trying to get them to to come with them, you know, to, to see what Auburn is, is building, you know. So I think that that's very valuable when you get a guy like that. I, I I couldn't agree more. And 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 Walker's got a list of uh of, of guys that that I I that you you put out. I'm telling you, Walker's most wanted was one of the greatest graphics. Um, I I've enjoyed it. I went I went through your whole thread. Uh, Graphic I, I, design I, is my passion. So. I, you and Dylan <laughs> both just wait. I don't know if you've seen a couple of his Photoshop work lately. Oh, absolutely. Uh, there's a, there's, a, there's a banger coming out on Sunday afternoon. <laughs> That's I right. Had. That's right. Hey, Daniel, do you have a, do you have anything else you want to add before I I take over and, and hog Caleb again? Sure. So is there anyone else like for Auburn in this 24 class that like hasn't committed yet um, that you think Auburn could be getting pretty soon? That's a, it's, it's tough to tell just because it is early. I think once you get closer to the spring, uh, you'll, you'll kind of see, you might see some guys pop uh, commitments, but uh, for, for now, I think things are quiet. Uh, maybe not, maybe not too quiet. Uh, if that makes sense, you know, like sure. there, there could always be a surprise, uh, here and there, uh, just because recruiting is unpredictable in, in some aspects of it. But as you get closer to spring, kids are going to start narrowing down those schools. They're going to start getting a better idea of where they want to play, especially once they get those spring visits in where they're able to to watch spring practice and actually watch how the team and the, the program operates as a whole. Um, so for right now, I don't foresee anybody for the ne next couple of days, but you never know. Uh, in this day and age, every everything is constantly changing. But uh, I, I do think Auburn is trending upward as far as momentum. Uh, and I do think you're going to see some commitments start rolling out and as the spring gets here, and especially as the summer starts rolling around. Well, 
uh, I that that should get Auburn fans fired up, right? That should be that should be a positive outlook. And uh, I, I do I do have uh, an overarching question here, and and Dylan just kind of put it in our in our uh, our Google Doc. That's going to kind of tie into what I was going to ask you. Uh, this 24 class, and 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 we know how how strong the 23 class was in the state of Alabama. So this is kind of beyond beyond state lines in terms of what Auburn does. What's the ceiling here in terms of what where where do you think Auburn could wind up being and then on the national scheme? I know this is a tough one. You knew it was coming, yeah. uh, um, uh, but uh, while I've got you, I got to pick your brain because uh, I, I'm just I'm, I'm now unfortunately obsessed with the recruiting. So thank you for getting me hooked on that. Um, but what's what's the ceiling for this and where, where do you think Auburn could realistically wind up being when this thing's said and done? I mean, you look at who they've got already. They have three commitments. All of them are four stars. Uh, you have Amon Lane, a very talented cornerback out of Moody, Alabama. You have Jaden Lewis, another talented quarterback who's from Anniston, Alabama. And then you've got Walker White, the four-star quarterback from Little Rock. So already you've got three strong, solid pieces, two of which are in-state uh, products who are going to be recruiting those in-state kids as well. Uh, so you look at where Auburn is right now, they're in a pretty good spot. They are, I, I will say, I do think they're a tad behind right now, but I don't think that's that's not on the new snap at all, right? They're, they've still got to outwork Alabama and Georgia to catch up to them because not only are they in the position that they are now, uh, just based off of how they finished last year and the year before, recruiting they didn't have the momentum they didn't have the stability but now they do have the stability uh so you've got to kind of you've got to kind of catch up and, and make up that ground that you might have lost over the last two years but realistically looking at where Auburn is right now uh this could be a class where if if Hugh Freeze continues uh to to work and and the staff continues to show uh just where what they can do on the recruiting trail Realistically, I think you are looking at a class that could potentially uh, be a top 10 recruiting class nationally. Uh, you know, I don't know if, you know, top five is something that that could happen. Um, I know in, in Hugh Freeze's mind and in everybody on the coaching staff's mind, they're going for number one. They want the best recruiting class. They're going to do everything they can to bring in the number one recruiting class. But realistically, I do think uh, it is it is entirely possible this does become a top 10 recruiting class you've got a lot of momentum because of Hugh Freeze in his first year already so uh, it'll it's going to be exciting for Auburn fans uh, to see how this plays out as, as the spring and the summer comes on and especially into the fall well Caleb we we really appreciate you uh, giving us the rundown on, on recruiting and I'm going to go ahead and put you on the spot and peer pressure you into we would love to have you um, if not before 8 a right before, right after 8 a and you're welcome on the show anytime We've Absolutely. enjoyed we've enjoyed it. You can text us and say, "Hey, we're I'm hopping on the loop tonight. And we'll just be we'll be <laughs> heck yeah, hell yeah, let's do it, man." Um, we're we're always happy to have you, and we and we certainly appreciate you um, giving us the rundown on recruiting. And uh, hopefully, I can uh, walk in your shadow a little bit this this fall. Dylan and I are looking forward to trying to get out and and, and kind of get on on onto the recruiting uh, scene a little bit this fall. Um, over with the Auburn Daily. I'm very excited with that with that those opportunities that will be coming down the road. Dylan, I know you wanted to highlight some keynote, guys. Uh, we're we're going to pivot from, from recruiting. We're going to start wrapping this thing up, Caleb, and let you go enjoy your evening since it's now on the East Coast where I'm at. It's 12.04 in the morning. Uh, so that's that's a ton of fun. We appreciate you on the late college loop late, late night uh, edition. Uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, Dylan, if you just wanted to ramble through the six guys invited to the NFL Combine uh, for Auburn, and then, and then I'll start getting us out of here. What do you say? Let's do it. And to go from high school recruiting to – I guess college recruiting is kind of what it is. 
because you have six guys from Auburn who have been invited to the NFL Combine and one of their last-ditch efforts to raise their draft stock. And I believe these guys have it's the Combine and then it's Pro Day. And you have Tank Bigsby, Derek Hall, Eku Leota, Owen Papo, Colby Wooten, all receiving invites, and a surprise invite that we were not expecting, I don't think. I think as Anders Carlson is also receiving his invite. He was the first person that Auburn Football's Twitter announced getting the invite. But let me just say, the college Luke got all six names out before Auburn Football's Twitter did. So <laughs> putting it out there, follow the college Luke on Twitter. But yeah, just six guys. Uh, I believe five of them uh, we can pretty much agree on that they're going to get drafted. I sure. think Andres Carlson would be kind of a surprise just because it's sure. hard to get drafted as a special teamer uh, unless you're uh, Jacob Quarterbaum, who should have been in the first round and surprisingly <laughs> didn't get an invite. Uh, yeah, so that's yeah, upsetting. Yeah. But yeah, the six guys. Uh, Combine is always a fun watch. I've always enjoyed watching all uh, six days of it. I'm, I'm a madman when it comes to the sport of football. I will watch yeah. it. I'm gonna it. let you do that and 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 to your heart's content because I I just that's just not my vibe. I'm sure I'll, I'll watch the Auburn guys, but that's about it. <laughs> that's all I got in me. Uh, let's start wrapping this thing up, Dylan. Caleb, thank you so much for joining us today. Tell tell everybody where they can find your work, where they can support you, love you, or unfollow you if they're tick sick of your voice, which is just not possible because I can never get enough. Uh, go ahead, buddy. We really appreciate you, man. Yeah, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. It's been a great time catching up with you guys again. Anytime is a good time talking to y'all. But yeah, if y'all want to follow me on Twitter, uh, you can find me at Caleb J underscore Rivals. That's where I'm found on Twitter. Uh, a lot of my work is going to be, well, not a lot. All of my work is going to be on uh, AuburnSports.com, the uh, Auburn Rivals affiliate, home of the bunker, the best message board uh, in the nation. So come come check us out. <laughs> come, come subscribe to AuburnSports.com. That's where you can find me and a lot of our, our good stuff as well. So uh, that's where you can find me and my my fan, my friends. Uh, <laughs> you and your friends. Make sure you check out the bunker. A lot of fun banter going on there. Daniel, tell everybody where they can find your work. Um, <clears throat> at Daniel J. Locke on Twitter, Opelika Observer, Weagle 91.1 FM, Eagle Eye TV, anywhere, everywhere. Another one. Another um, I'm Harrison Tar at by Harrison Tar on Twitter. And before I I give my byline, I did want to plug a little personal uh, personal note. I want to wish a happy four year anniversary to my girlfriend Abby. I love you, and uh, I can't believe that you put up with somebody like me for this long. I, God knows it's tough uh, to put up with somebody in this profession, guys. It's it's a lot to ask, and she's been supportive every step of the way. So I, I did want to make sure I shout her out. I'm sure she won't get this far in the show, but if she does, <laughs> then props to her. <laughs> I'll make but, a uh, graphic for it. Yeah, that's you know that's fine. Great. Um, I'm sure I'll, I'm I'm not sure. I'm definitely going to make sure that I'll, I'll tweet that out tomorrow because I'm I'm pretty damn proud of it. I'm I'm a lucky guy. Um, anyways, if you want to check out my work, I'm like I said, I'm at by Harrison Target, like you're reading a byline on Twitter. If, if you want to check out my written work, I'm at the Auburn Daily. Uh, you can find us at the Auburn Daily. No no gimmicks there. And uh, I'm I'm our women's basketball softball slash uh, jack of all trades guy over there. And I'm also on the Auburn Daily Podcast every Wednesday and Friday. We had a Wednesday show yesterday with me and Dylan Lark, Dylan Lark and I rather, uh, talking some Auburn hoops. I'll be on on Friday with Lindsey Crosby going wherever the wind takes us. So make sure you check that out. And uh, you can support the Auburn Daily Monday through Friday. That show comes out every day at 2 p.m. Central Time. Dylan, why don't you get us the heck out of here? 3 p.m. Central, actually, Mr. Eastern 3 p.m. Central time because it's at 4 p.m. on Eastern time. I knew that. <laughs> but yeah, you can also catch me on the Auburn Daily Show every Monday and Wednesday. Monday with Lance Daw and, of course, Wednesday with Harrison Tarr, where we usually are reacting to some kind of basketball. And you can also catch me on the College Loop. We are on every social media platform except for MySpace. That is Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, we're going to get LinkedIn someday. Why not? Get them all out there. And with that being said, you can follow me 
I almost skipped this part. Follow me at you boy the tank <laughs> on Twitter. Can't skip that. At Y A B O Y the tank. And with that, this has been the Cogsley Podcast.